first quarter Domas uh, was a TED talk in bully ball uh, that was enjoyable to watch. He was backing everybody down and getting dunks and easy layups. So that was beautiful. Just a terrible loss. It's embarrassing. And I hope, you know, they all look at themselves in the mirror and take themselves accountable. And I hope the leaders of our team step the fuck up and, you know, make it known that this shit isn't going to be tolerated because tonight was just just inexcusable for everyone. I do think a move's going to be made, and I got to give a lot of credit to Monty. Um, he really hasn't come into as easy a position as a lot of GMs. Welcome to the Sports Ethos Kings cast. It's Daily, along with my co-pilot, Liz. Liz, what's going on? What's up, y'all? Here we go. First quarter, Blazers jump out to a 10-2 lead. Fox, Domas, and HB bring the Kings back. Monk and JaVale McGee connect for two back-to-back oops. Gorgeous. Kings struggle from three, but lead by one to end the quarter. Second quarter, a.k.a. the De'Aaron Fox quarter, floaters, threes, middies. It was a masterclass in being the team superstar and offensive engine. Scoot Henderson gets by De'Aaron, and De'Aaron loses his shoe. The whole crowd goes crazy, but Scoot misses the layup. Got to finish the moment. You know what I mean? Uh, Domas did his thing, but I can't even give a shout out to anybody else. Blazers up 67-60. Liz, reactions from the first half. I thought, you know, obviously Sabonis, they were feeding him early. I mean, the Blazers can do shit to stop Sabonis. He was just doing whatever he wanted down low, um, just doing his thing. And then Fox obviously, you know, had his great second quarter. But unfortunately, uh, you know, no one else really decided to show up for the first half and the entire game. Um, but yeah, I mean, they were lucky that they were only down seven to end the half. I mean, it just, you know, Jaren went off for 10 straight points to end that first half. So they're only down seven, but um, just inexcusable. The defense was terrible. Everyone was a step slow. They weren't getting, you know, defensive rebounds. They were getting out rebounded second chance points. Um, so yeah, just, just an inex- inexcusable first half by the team. And I'm going to expect our audience today, at least one or two people, to feel free to call out a player or two. That's all I got to say. There's some players here that people defend to no end. And if they defend this performance, I don't know what game you're watching. That's all I got to say. And no, it is not HB. All right? Uh, HB, you know, he was okay. Uh, But still, again, everybody missed their shots. And if you're missing shots, you better do something on the defensive end. And they couldn't even do that either. either. disappointing third quarter blazers not backing down blazers built a 10-point lead quiz duarte comes in and brings energy to the king's defense fox finds duarte for a nice turnaround baseline jumper again fox dominates the quarter he's up with 35 points at this point king still down by nine fourth quarter king still struggling with their shooting blazers blazers are double and triple teaming domas in the paint blazers up 15 with nine minutes to go Fox sends his Simons three into the shadow realm. Fox, it's a pull-up three. Fox is 41 by this point. Blazers up 17 with five minutes to go. Nothing goes right in the last five minutes. Blazers win 130 to 113. I will say this, though. First quarter Domas uh, was a TED Talk in Bully Ball uh, that was enjoyable to watch. He was backing everybody down and getting dunks and easy layups. So that was beautiful. But unfortunately... Uh, the Kings' two stars did not get any help. 
and thus the result of the game. Liz, your reactions? I mean, I hate to say it, but this, because I feel like the bad losses we've had so far have been like against the really good teams, you know, like when we're on the second out of a back-to-back back type of situation, we're getting blown out by like a good team. Um, the Portland Trailblazers are not a good team. They're young, uh, but I wouldn't say they're, you know, a bad team. They're just not a good team. But I feel like this is kind of the type of loss that you need to kind of, unfortunately, you know, everyone needs to take themselves accountable and look at themselves in the mirror. Um, Because the defense, I can live with bad offensive nights, but if you can't fucking play defense, then you can't be on the floor. Like point blank period. If you're shooting bad and you're playing bad defense, then your ass needs to walk to the bench and sit your ass down. Because you're allowing guys to just blow by you, out-rebound you, watch the ball as it comes off the rim and every, the ball is bouncing on the floor and everyone's just standing there. I mean, when the ball goes up, and I've been taught this because I've played basketball for many, many years. When a ball goes up, you put your fucking body into someone, you box someone out, and you get up and you grab the fucking rebound. It don't matter. You can watch a person who's shorter out-rebound someone who's taller than them if you properly box them out. I've done it. I've watched people. many people do it. It can happen. But when you're all standing there watching the ball bounce off the rim and it bounces on the ground and then the opposing team gets the offensive rebound, it's inexcusable. It's lazy. I mean, this team looked lazy tonight. They look like they weren't prepared coming in. They look like they just got off of, you know, the fucking couch and was like, hey, I'm not really interested in playing basketball today. I'll just go out there and do whatever besides Fox and Sabonis. Everyone else just really didn't show up. And again, I think something like this, they need to wake the fuck up and be like, we can't have this shit happen again. Like, this is inexcusable because realistically, like, there was many chances for us to win this game and we didn't take advantage of that. We kept allowing guys off the bench to cook us. I, they had 65 bench points tonight. That's inexcusable for a team that has literally lost nine of their last 10. They're set. They're now eight and 29 or whatever they're freaking right. I don't think that's much, but they've only won eight games. So for them to get embarrassed like this, and I mean, the game in Sacramento, we took, you know, they took us to overtime and thankfully we came out overtime win. But for some reason, we just looked a step slow on everything, all the rotations, everyone's getting blown by. I mean, Keegan was getting blown by. Uh, Kevin Herter was getting blown by. Uh, Malik Monk was getting blown by. I mean, even Fox had a couple defensive possessions he was getting blown by. So when you when you have that situation and Sabonis is having to go out and help and then you're not rotating perfectly, the guys down below were going to cook us. And that freaking Reef dude or whatever, I've never even heard of the dude. And I feel bad because, you know, that's disrespectful. He fucking had like 25 points tonight. That's just crazy. So just a terrible loss. It's embarrassing. And I hope, you know, they all look at themselves in the mirror and take themselves accountable. And I hope the leaders of our team step the fuck up and, you know, make it known that this shit isn't going to be tolerated because tonight was just just inexcusable for everyone. Yeah, you know what? In a way, I, I want Domas and Fox to start cursing people out. I think that's what needs to happen. Um, and I'm not talking like being toxic. Uh, to their teammates and all that. Uh, we're not talking about, you know, 
peak Jordan punching Steve Kerr in the face. We're just talking about, you know, holding their teammates accountable. And maybe they are, maybe they aren't in their own way. It's just that they're both extremely nice guys. So I don't see them uh, being a dickhead to their teammates. But sometimes I feel like you need to uh, just to wake people up. So it's almost like a, a bunch of nice guys not wanting to step on each other's toes. Uh, that's the vibe I get from this team. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, they de- they deserve to have that type of voice, though. You know what I mean? Like, they, they show it on the court. They, you know, tonight they did anything and everything you could ask for for your two best players. So when the rest of the team doesn't show up, and they're, they're our leaders of the team, then they can they can have those conversations they can you know i don't necessarily think they have to like yell and be like a dickhead but they can get their point across with you know being vocal and doing that in a way like i'll take for example yesterday i was watching the chiefs and raiders game patrick Mahomes went over to his offensive line and lit into them i mean you couldn't hear what he was saying but you could tell by his body language he was lighting into them guys like that who fucking do everything they can for their team and he's a two-time Super Bowl champion. He's an MVP. You can do that type of shit. You can get into your players' fucking faces. I mean, Tom Brady did it for years. So you need to sometimes, you know, do that kind of stuff, even on the court. When they're going on a run, I've seen it, you know, even with bad teams, they, you know, they're getting down. A team just goes on like a 10 0 run or whatever. They get everyone in a circle and they have a discussion. I need to start seeing shit like that happen. And sometimes, you know, because Mike Brown can only do so much. He can teach so much. He can, you know, yell so much. He can do so much. And sometimes his message isn't getting across. So gather your fucking players, tell them, you know, whatever you need to tell them and just move the fuck on. But hopefully tonight, and I guarantee you that post game locker room speech was not a fucking pleasant one, but you know what? Scratch this game. Get some good night's sleep. They're going to Atlanta Friday. Hopefully we have a couple days off and a couple days practice. Watch the film. Do what you need to do and fucking come out at least with a better effort. Because I'm okay with losing as long as the effort is all there. But tonight, the effort, even if we won, and again, someone tweeted this going back to the Knicks game last year. Mike Brown absolutely lit into his players after that Knicks win because he just felt like they didn't have it. So I hope with this loss... I mean, he really fucking lights into them because it's just inexcusable from all facets of the game. 100%. And I really do hope we see a different team uh, when they play Atlanta this week. Branzino, what's going on? What up, y'all? I almost forgot um, what I was going to say. Um, so, uh, I think, oh, well, really, you say call somebody out. So uh, I kind of got caught up in between calling two, two things out, uh, calling Coach Brown out for not sending more of a message to Herder because um, as extreme as it got for Davion and it got like that early off in the season for him uh, with us coming into the second half of the season also coming up to the trade deadline. I do think uh, Coach needs to send some type of message uh, message, excuse me, to Kevin uh, to play better and uh, fix his mechanics and, you know, sit him down. So, And then also uh, maybe just want to call us out. Uh, it's a day after Christmas. Um, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. I mean, we missed shots. We've seen way worse of games. Like I've watched games this season and almost want to kick a hole in the TV. And today wasn't what, well, tonight wasn't one of those games, you know? So, um, 
Portland. I know they had a little bit more juice. I guess they might be a little bit more younger than us and shit like that. But uh, Kevin Hurdle, play better, big dog. That's all I got to say. Peace. Brenzine, I appreciate you, man. Um, Ross, what's up? Yo, what up, everybody? Um, Kevin Herter thing's kind of complicated. Um, it would really suck to try and trade him while he's, you know, struggling. That's really not what this team needs. Uh, I think Mike Brown needs to figure out how to get him back shooting mid-range. He kind of – he had that figured out last year. Um and then we switched our offense a, a little bit more and we're just so reliant on shooting three pointers. And, uh, I get it. I said it last game, you know, you live and die by the three and when you do make them, you're just deadly. And I think Brown is just slowly and surely trying to instill confidence into the team to, um, just keep pulling it. But when you're not making them, man, that lead disappears. So it's a dangerous game, but, I believe this is a better um, three-point shooting team than their percentage shows. They've really struggled all year and are still have a decent record. So if they kind of ratchet up and figure out how to just start knocking it down a couple percent more, we're looking a lot better. Um, yeah, I do think we need a trade um, of some sort. I Usually it's glaring after bad losses is that we just have um, a very passive starting lineup. Um Domas like is a passive person naturally because he's such a playmaker. Fox is pretty much the only one that's kind of very dominant. Um, Kevin and Barnes can kind of shag away if they're struggling and Murray is still young and figuring it out. He could be a third option, but right now um, that Barnes herder position really does hurt you because it's, they just shy away. If they're struggling on offense, they're usually struggling on defense. And you need players that are, you know, you can rely on them at least one end of the floor. So I do think a move's going to be made. And I got to give a lot of credit to Monty. Um, he really hasn't come into as easy a position as a lot of GMs. He didn't come into um, a team with five, you know, first round picks from other teams. He basically had to build his own wealth. And uh, that's why he cashed in that Halliburton move because it was basically his piece, his draft pick. So he was able to have a strong enough flex to come into a team with no war chest and build something. So it's, he's not where the finger should be pointed basically. And um, he still hasn't made a big move um, with any first round picks. So he did that little Kevin Herter move, which is actually smart in retrospect, but you know, once he actually flexes and does that, uh, big trade you know trades around two uh future first this team will take another uh step up so you know you look at a team like minnesota they traded those five first that's why they're so deep um boston traded everything to get where they're at uh you know this team really hasn't made a big trade yet so we're still young in the process and um you know we got a few moves to catch up but this team's still really good so be patient with them Ross, great point. Uh, stick around though, Ross, because I do want to ask you, if we are going to mortgage our future, and we spoke about this in the last episode, what type of player do you think we should mortgage our future for? You know what I mean? I, I just feel like it's super risky. Uh, I would say more often than not, when you, when you trade away to your picks, uh, things can go wrong in a hurry, and then uh, you know you have no future timeline for yourself. 
But then again, you did uh, give out a few good examples of, of teams that have traded their first for talent and other assets, and, and they're doing well, like the Timberwolves and, and the Celtics. Ben, what's going on? Hey, man. That was a um, yeah, pretty disheartening uh, loss that we, we were all seen then. But, um, yeah, it's, it just, again, it shows the flaws in the build of, of our starting lineup in this roster. You know, we just need some kind of defensive versatility, defensive tone setter. Um, something in the same. We you saw it tonight, Fox and Sabonis. We we can score. Um, so having your fourth and fifth best player in your starting lineup as offense first guys, like it's it's just not. Um, it's just not a, a winning formula, in my opinion. Every all all good teams have these these you know defensive first role players in their starting lineup, and and we just don't have that, you know, and and. You even see it like when they, you know, Duarte minutes, and you can say whatever you want about Duarte, but at least you know he comes in, he brings an edge, and you feel the intensity pick up when, when he's on the court. And I just feel, yeah, like Herder and and um, Barnes and you know Keegan, you know, you, that there's just no, you just don't see that dog in them. There's no that that fire in them, and you know, you just you need that. And um, Javale McGee, man, I know he only played some short minutes, but. I just don't see. I just don't see it. Like if you're bringing in a veteran presence to to this roster, the idea of a veteran presence is to show the young guys how to do the right thing and not make stupid fouls, not make stupid passes. You know, the zero court awareness. Like I just, I, I I don't see it with him. Give me some small ball Lyles. Give me some Alex Land. Um, yeah. And last thing is um, the the great barrier wreath. As we like to call him here down under, um, that was that was a bloody performance. I just wish he didn't put that up against my um, Sacramento Kings team. But good, good on him. And um, yeah, that, that's another flaw in the roster as well. Monty needs to sort out. We, we, you know, you bring Matthew Delivered over in for one season. The Australian culture guy breaks the playoff, the playoff drought. Get us a get us a good culture Australian guy. Go get Paddy Mills from from rescue him from Atlanta. Go get. I don't know, Joe Ingles, go get bloody Matisse Thibel. How about that? That's exactly what this roster <laughs> could use. Um, but, yeah, um, pretty disheartening night, but is what it is. We move on. Ben, well said. Appreciate you. And, and you want Australian players on the Kings? While I want my UCLA Bruins on the Kings, well, well some way, someday they'll get it done, hopefully. But just to finish on a positive note, you know, tonight's loss was bad. But, again, I always put in, you know, perspective. You know, you you look at Detroit, they just lost their 27th game in a row. You could be their fan base just absolutely in shambles with, you know, potentially like no direction ahead because they're continuing to lose, unfortunately. They have great young talent. Unfortunately, they're just not putting it together. I mean, we can go back to the years we were losing nine games in a row multiple times in a season. Like Daly said, we can go back to the puke game. I mean, there's so many times with this franchise we can go back and look at how bad it was and just look at now that we have the pieces we're winning games we're six in the you know six in the west currently you know we have our star in De'Aaron Fox and he's only getting better I mean we have the correct pieces to make this potentially a playoff run and you know hopefully 
in a few years contend for a championship. So just to be positive, just always look back at those times where it was really, really bad and be thankful for the stuff that we have now because we finally got our first playoff appearance in 16 years and it was fun, but you still got to go through those humps and those trials to get where we really want to be. So this ain't, you know, going to be built overnight. It's going to take time. So let's just enjoy, enjoy the wins, be a little humble when we experience these losses and then just move on to the next one, go touch grass, you know, enjoy your holidays. We still got new year's coming up. So, um, yeah, just enjoy enjoy life, guys. Sports, there's so much more outside of sports, um, you know, and there's much more to life. So just enjoy it while we have it. Because, again, if we all remember, we were we were just a couple years ago, we were dealing with COVID, and we didn't have no sports for a good minute. So just be thankful that we got sports, and we finally have a good team that we can watch on a night-to-night basis. They're going to lay an egg a time or two. It happens. It's the NBA. There's talented teams out there. There's talented players. So we're not going to win 82 games in a freaking season. So just enjoy it guys. And uh, yeah, hopefully on Friday we uh, turn it around and light the beam. Absolutely. And and it's okay to be in the gray area. We don't have to be a championship level team. I would rather be in the gray area and just be good. Maybe even be a pretender instead of being at the bottom of the barrel, um, looking at tankathon every day. Never forget those years. Never forget those seasons. As far as Keegan goes, um, I think, in a way, uh, I think some media people are being a little irresponsible calling uh, them the big three. Keegan's not there yet. He's shown flashes. He reminds me of like De'Aaron Fox in like 2020 where the game slowed down for him and he was definitely better, but he was nowhere near the player who he is now. So give that some time. Uh, I know we want to say they're a big three yet, but give Keegan next season and then you're going to see a lot because right now he's getting to wherever he wants to go, but he's not finishing yet. Once he starts finishing and making his shots after he gets wherever he wants to go, it's over. And that's when we're going to be able to expect some things. And yeah, it's not going to be the end of the world. If we get bounced in the first round again, I'm not saying I want it to happen, but it takes time. Uh, We appreciate everybody coming out again. I I still think some of y'all are weird. Uh, you guys pack this place after a loss, but then after a win, we get like half the crowd. So strange. Um, I hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas or holiday, um, whatever it is you celebrate. I know I'm still celebrating mine, getting fat for the winter, and then some. Yeah, just to touch on that real quick. Yeah, I mean, I saw people, you know, tweeting about Keegan, like his performance tonight was unacceptable. And it's just, it's not even his full second year yet. Like, we have to remember De'Aaron Fox wasn't who he was in his second year. I mean, De'Aaron Fox was the player that would just basically run you up and down the court and blow by you and then just get to the rim and finish. Now in his sixth year, we're watching De'Aaron Fox do the mid-range, get to the basket, shoot a three at a you know, 40% clip, you know, with eight attempts a game. Like we're watching every year he's grown. So with Keegan already showing progress in year two. That's a positive. He's gonna lay. He's gonna lay eggs every game. It's gonna or not every game, but once in a while, it's gonna happen. Unfortunately, but that's just part of the growing process. And as long as he continues to get better, that's all I ask of him. Keep working on your game. Keep doing your thing. Get better on both sides of the ball. And it is what it is. And he'll be that potential player that you know they're expecting him to be by year four or by year five. So, Darren Fox wasn't Darren Fox overnight. It took him 
kind of years to get there, but he's put in the work and he's done the things that he's continued to do to be the player he as he is. So yeah, be patient on Keegan because I won't fucking tolerate no Keegan slander. I'll go slap a hoe. And not only that, if you are going to get mad at Mike Brown, Mike Brown is not the reason this game was lost. And sure, we do want him to make different adjustments, maybe even send players a little sooner in the game. That's my biggest gripe. But yeah, this game is not on Mike Brown. Uh, and also, if you're going to send some terse emails to Monty for any reason, it's for not picking up Kenneth Lofton Jr. Uh, I really wish he picked up my thick nephew, but that's a whole nother story. You guys are the best. We are out of here. Good day. Good night, happy holidays, and light the beam. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.